Thanks for the earworm, Dale. <laughs> I love that song. <clears throat> How many of you have ever been mistreated? All of us, obviously, thought that something took place in our life wasn't fair. And uh, as we look around us in the world, we see there is so much um, unjust behavior going on, things that are happening that are not fair. And I was thinking about that this week some. And we know that God... People like to think of God, his attributes of love. I thought I would look at the subject of God's judgment. But as I was studying it, it kind of morphed more into a topic of God's justice. And uh, I wanted to look at a whole bunch of verses this morning. You don't need to turn to all of them, but why not just understand and look how God is just in this imperfect world we live in, it's important for us to remember that and to continually to see that in God. And we sometimes can ourselves be tempted to think that God is not being just, he's not being fair. And uh, as we think those thoughts, we have to remember that we are his creation, we are so small in comparison to him. And we never see the whole picture. We never see God in his majesty as completely as what we need to. Something we need to continually work at is to honor him. All right. Our God is a just God. First verse is Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. Since he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Now his work is perfect, and whether we see all the details or not, we need to have the faith that, that he is a God of truth and he is without iniquity. We know that, but sometimes we maybe tend to forget that he is God of truth, is, that he is just. Isaiah 45, verse 21. Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God, be, <clears throat> sorry, there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. So what do we mean when we say that God is just? I think we mean that his dealings with men are fair. Everyone gets what he or she deserves. The upright will be rewarded and the sinner will be punished. And uh, one thing in, rela in, in relation to God being just I think we sometimes gauge our uh, understanding of justice or that on a speedy trial and a speedy meeting out of judgment. 
But we have to understand that God in his timing and his God is without time and his justice will not always be meted out or done according to our timeline or what we think of is the right time. You know, God in his timing is different than what we are in our time. <clears throat> All right. Romans chapter 1. You can turn to this one with me if you want to. A few verses, verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he hath promised for by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. <clears throat> Especially look at verse 5. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. You know, But we have received grace from God and we continue to see to, to experience that and also Galatians 6 verse 7 be not deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap God doesn't need to keep track of a person's rap sheet to remember what all is owing him but he knows infinitely he knows each one of us through and through he will mete out each one what is deserved Zephaniah 3 verse 5 the just Lord is in the midst thereof he will not do iniquity every morning doth he bring his judgment to light he faileth not but the unjust knoweth no shame There will be no wrong judgments with God. You know, the courts of our land, sometimes they meet out judgments. People get sentences that are not just. People, Innocent people get punished. With God, it is not so. There is no um, wrong judgment in his, in his judgments. His justice is, is perfect. 
So one question we can sometimes maybe ask is why are there so many sinful people in the world who are so successful while the righteous ones are at times afflicted? We know that there are, we see that all around us, people that obviously are living in sin, but yet they seem to, to prosper. So a few verses that also ask this question. Jeremiah 12, verse 1. Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? The next verse answers that question. Also, Psalm 37, verse 35. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. God's mercy can cause him to continue to tolerate sinful people and appear to be slow in executing his justice. Know that, of course, God is a God of love and he is a God of mercy. And if he is that, then his judgments are stayed at times. They are sometimes when we would think he needs to punish and he needs to mete out judgment. But he often get, so often gives time and gives pe- people room to come to a place where they will repent. So therefore, that's one of the reasons why sometimes we wonder why people are able to flourish, but because God is giving them time to come to him. Giving men an opportunity to repent and to turn back to him. Second Peter 3 verse 9 as the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I think we understand that, especially when we think of ourselves. We're so thankful that God did not meet a harsh judgment on us at times when he could have and probably should have, but he probably all of us has given us time to repent, time to to understand things more fully, time to come back to him. So delayed judgment is not injustice. It is the mercy of God. So in the big picture, God makes all things right, whether it is an immediate or a delayed judgment. We need to leave it to the wisdom of God. At another point, God's judgments are unavoidable. And uh, just an illustration of that, In uh, read the Bible story of King Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 22. Just uh, an illustration or an example of 
of uh, God's judgment being unavoidable. Except, where was, yeah, I'll start reading at verse 29, 1 Kings chapter 22. This is a battle here. And so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. To read the story, we're wondering why Jehoshaphat was naive enough to to agree to this. But anyway, but the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over the chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, and when he cried out, I think that's when they realized that it wasn't Ahab. It came to pass when the captains of the chariot perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow out of venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. <clears throat> and battle increased that day, and the king stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. The blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. So <clears throat> this king Ahab here was in disguise. People didn't even know who he was, where he was. A certain soldier just drew his bow and took a wild shot. Wasn't even aiming for him, apparently. And the arrow managed to go in between his armor and kill him. Just a physical example in the story of God's judgment. So let's be careful that we do not need to take matters in our own hands, but, but instead appeal to the Lord for his justice. It's important for us to remember that we don't take matters in our own hands, but trust God that his judgment will be sure and that it will be true. Luke 18, verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. The the importance for us to have faith on God, on his justice, and not to take things, matters into our own hands, not to try to, to do the justice of God, for him, allow him to to meet out his judgment and his justice in his own time. Deuteronomy thirty-two verse thirty-five: To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, 
and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Their foot shall slide in due time. The day of their calamity is hand. Also Proverbs 29, verse 26. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. <clears throat> we see the injustice in the world around us. We're wondering when God will judge for all the innocent that are that are being taken advantage of all the, the sin, when will God meet out justice? Isn't, isn't there someone that needs to step in to do that? God will do that in his time. All right, another question we may have, why does God punish someone for another person's sin? Sometimes it seems that God does that. Exodus 20 verse 5 says, after all, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. I'll read that verse, probably. But the only reason the children are punished for the sins of the father is that they continue in their father's sins. A nation that chooses to worship idols will have a generation of children that will not know the Lord. And along with that, we also have to remember the law of sowing and reaping, natural laws. So sometimes it may seem that a younger generation is being punished for the sins of the previous generations. But part of that is maybe we haven't repented completely, changed Maybe some of those practices are still taking place. And then also law of sowing and reaping. God is clear that he does not punish the child solely for the sins of the father. Because in Ezekiel 18 verse 20 it says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, and he shall, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. And I think also along with that, some of the some of some of the problems I think we see in society, maybe things that are lacking in younger generations that don't seem to have the responsibility, don't seem to have character that God would require is not necessarily just the problem of the younger generation, but it's the older generation that failed in properly teaching. That's why we see some of the things that are lacking. It's not, it's not just to blame the younger generation, but older generation had their responsibility to fail them. Also, Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. <clears throat> I'd like to read these verses now. <clears throat> I 
But after thy, <clears throat> but after thy hardness and impertinent heart dredgest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek to glory and honor, or sorry, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. It doesn't matter who we are, what tribe we are, what generation we are. God is not a respecter of that, but we will be judged for our deeds. For our, for our uh, attitudes, and for our agenda. Why does God allow righteous people to suffer? Is another question we probably have at times. Job must have had that question when things were going wrong with him. We know that he had that question. All those different things came to him. If this is because he did not know the circumstances behind the trials. I think he didn't understand at first that it wasn't just God testing him for his faithfulness, but it was also Satan testing him. And we have the bigger picture there. We see that God was challenged by Satan and asked by Satan to that um, Job would be allowed to be tested. It's important for us to remember that. Maybe that happens often in our lives too. It, it's not just God testing us, God trying us, but Satan trying to trip us up and God allowing that to be glorified himself. Joseph likewise must have felt that it was unfair what was happening to him at that time but he did not become bitter because he knew that God meant everything for good in Genesis 45 verse 4 Joseph said unto his brethren come near to me I pray you and they came near and he said I am Joseph your brother whom ye sold into Egypt now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither for God did send me before you to preserve life. He had the right kind of attitude to to understand that just because there were some unjust things that happened in his life, God was in control and he was able to look back and, and glorify God in that. Right, Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. It's easy to read that verse and to believe that, but 
in everyday life when things go wrong, it's harder to believe that and understand that then. God has a purpose in the suffering of the righteous. Psalm 119, verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou, in faithfulness, hast afflicted me. If we truly believe in the justice of God, we will have the faith of that, the truth of that verse. We will believe that his judgments are right and his afflictions on us are for our good. Nehemiah 9, verse 32. Now therefore, our God, the great God, the mighty and the terrible God, who keepest covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee that hath come upon us, on our kings, on our princes, and our priests, and on our prophets, and on our fathers, and on all thy people since the time of the kings of Assyria unto this day. Howbeit thou art just in all that is brought upon us, for thou hast done right but we have done wickedly. <clears throat> I think we must understand that at times maybe the punishment seems to be or the friction on us it seems to be more than what we are worthy of. Maybe seems that things go wrong and God seems to be punishing us but he's probably doing that to help us to be stronger for future things that we will face and uh, a comparison for that is you know as children maybe uh, there were times when we were punished it'd be harsher than what we needed to be. Maybe we have punished our children unjustly at times. Things we thought they were in the wrong and later found out that maybe it wasn't quite fair. But are we big enough, strong enough to take some of those punishments and realize that it's not for us to understand and maybe it wasn't God necessarily punishing us maybe it was Satan bringing something to test us and incidentally for children that were maybe punished wrongly it's so unfortunate when people can't seem to get past some of those situations you know adults that continually dredge up unjust things that they faced in their homes Parents maybe punish them unfairly, and that's the reason for them never being able to succeed in life, never being able to get ahead. That's why they have so many problems. That's not a healthy attitude. Therefore, when we are punished by God, we should not be bitter, but instead repent and ask God to show us what He wants us to learn from the punishment. There's always something we can learn.
God punishes us because he loves us and wants the best for us. Right, also Hebrews 12, verses 5 and 6. Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. I think a bigger question for us would be, if things aren't going hard for us at times, if we aren't being chastened, are we living the Christian life the way we should be? Because I think if we are, we can be guaranteed that there will be difficult times for us at, and the punishments and uh, things to make us stronger. Number two, God is impartial. Acts 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Deuteronomy 10, verse 17. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. So many times in the in the civil government justice system of our time, it makes a huge difference who the person is that is being tried or who is being judged by society or by court system. If they have enough influence, if they are on the right side of the political spectrum, it makes a difference of what the judgment will be, of the outcome. But God does not take bribes. He does not take reward. Question we might have then, did not God favor some people over others? It seems sometimes that God did that. Romans 9 verse 11 says, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the elect might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. We have to remember God's justice must be understood in the context of his sovereignty as well. While he is a just God, he's also a sovereign God who has the right to do as he pleases. And besides being sovereign, he also is all-knowing. And sometimes what we think of in the Old Testament when it seems like he judged people before they were born, or he, he knew what their decisions in life would be, and that is why he said some of the things he did. Leviticus 19, verse 15 says, or this is more relation to that uh, we have to be impartial. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. But in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. If God is impartial, then it's important that we are also impartial. And uh, we all have a tendency to, to be prejudicial to be partial, to be biased. 
but we have a responsibility to be impartial. Deuteronomy 1, verse 17. You shall not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. Very valuable words in, in that verse. I'll just read it again. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. So if there is something that is hard for us to understand, we're not sure what the situation, what judgment to make, first of all, we need to bring it to God. We need to come to him in prayer, and he will be able to help us in that. All right, God is concerned about justice and fights for the rights of the needy. He will undertake for the needy. Psalm 76, verse 9. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth, Selah. Deuteronomy 10, verse 18. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth a stranger, giving him food and raiment. God is the God of justice, and he is the God of love and mercy, and he will make sure that the fatherless, the widow, the poor, the hungry, will receive their reward. And whether it is in this life, it's not up to us to know. We know for sure in heaven, those that deserve reward will receive it. Question we might have then, why does God allow innocent people to suffer? We know that God is concerned for the less fortunate, the poor, and the afflicted. Exodus 3, verse 7. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. The Bible tells us that God himself is grieved by the suffering of all mankind. But suffering is a part of the package that comes with sin, original sin. When God created the world, it was good. There was no suffering. There was no suffering until man wrecked it all by sinning. The result of sin is that man has to suffer and toil, and there will be injustices in this world. We will need to face hardships. Therefore, God has not been unfair in allowing people to suffer, but it is a consequence of sin. And the last one, God speaks truth. Isaiah 45, verse 19. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, seek righteousness. I declare things that are right. He speaks in truth. Genesis 30, verse 33. So shall my righteousness answer me in time to come, 
when it shall come for my hire before thy face, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and the brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. In Proverbs 16, verse 11. The just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the beg are his work. And also verse 13. Right. <clears throat> Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. We also have to be just or honest. The God, our God, who is a just God, requires that his children are honest. Deuteronomy 25, verse 14 and 15. Thou shalt not have in thine house diverse measures, the great and the small, but thou shalt have a perfect and a just weight. A perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And Proverbs 21, verse 3, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Deuteronomy 16, verse 20, That which is altogether just shalt thou follow, that thou mayest live and inherit the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So let's try to live our lives honestly, fairly, and justly as we relate to other people. And also remember that our God the God of justice. And when we think judgments that he meets on us are harsh, just remember that we don't see the whole picture and don't lose faith in him. Remember that he is bringing everything into our lives to help us to be stronger. And when we see the injustices around us, let's not doubt him. But remember that his long-suffering is allowing others to come to know him as well. But through it all, in the end, there will be complete and perfect justice with God. Let's kneel for prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, for your service. Thank you that you are all-knowing, all-wise. You are so merciful, and you have been so merciful to us in times past. Your justice is perfect, and uh, help us to have faith and trust in you, leaving that. We realize that we see life through such a small prism. We do not see events and situations the way you do. And just help us to understand that in the end, the final judgment, you will be perfect in your judgment. You will not need to, to ask others, but you have known each detail and aspect of our lives and the life of every human being on earth. Your judgment will be perfect. Just go with us from here. Help us to be men and women of love and forbearance. And uh, never get up on our principles that we believe in.
Yes, in Jesus' name.